0: Last week's episode was good. I think since we got a short book this week, then we can maybe turn out a, a shorter episode unless we get really loquacious or something. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 be careful of those big words. Yeah, that's the rum and coke talking.
1: Loquacious, that was uh, when Captain Picard got caught by the Borg, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, <huh>? there's <laughs> a deep cut. That's a, that's that's what our audience is looking for.
1: Not so long ago, in the mysterious land
2: of Toronto, Canada,
0: Scott Pilgrim
2: was dating a high schooler.
0: This week, the gentleman read Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life by Brian Lee O'Malley. It is—would you call it a graphic novel? Yeah, I suppose you yeah, would. Yeah,
2: graphic novel. Yeah, it was not—it yeah. wasn't released as issues, was it? It Was released as full books. Yeah,
1: yeah but think. they're they're shorter books, so it's it's almost like a manga.
0: Hmm. It was a quick read. It was probably an hour hour and a half for my slow reading.
1: Yeah, definitely only an hour or hour and a half
0: yeah not, not longer
1: so, not longer for me at all.
0: I remember blowing through several of the the bound editions. I picked up like volume one, two and three all at once and I think I read them in one evening.
1: I did the same thing i I got volume one and started it and then I ended up staying up until like two in the morning and just read them all.
2: So I had never read them
1: before.
0: This is my first time reading them. okay. I was wondering about that because this is one of my first graphic novels that I purchased. I'd always read like X-Men and episodic comics, mm-hmm. but I didn't get into the longer form stuff. Like for a first graphic novel or a longer form story, I think it was pretty good.
1: So Ryan, did you read this before the movie or after?
0: Before. Okay. This would have been 2005 five-ish
1: all right so like right after they came out yeah yeah i i found the graphic novels after i saw the movie because i saw the movie and just loved it and wanted more Mm -hmm. and it it definitely delivered but i know like james you you'd never read these at all so we've got the the full spectrum
0: the full spectrum yeah so as an outsider to this comic series, James, did you did you watch the movie before you read it? Oh read no, yeah, I,
2: I'm I'm with Brian. I absolutely the, it's one of my f- most favorite movies. Every time I watch the movie, I'm like, this movie was made for me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's Edgar Wright. You can't go wrong with Edgar Wright.
2: It's the Beck music for me
0: that just oh yeah ta- takes me back. I saw that on the credits. I watched the movie this afternoon, and all the song credits Beck had a had a hand in a lot of yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he wrote the Ramona song.
0: <laughs> that was in the comic, sir. Well, okay. <laughs> <But> <laughs> For the purpose of this episode, you're going to want to pick up both. And you're going to want to consume both. Maybe yeah, the no, comic it, first and then the movie or vice versa.
2: It's it's really impossible to talk about this comic now without talking about the movie.
1: Well, it's it's one of those things where the movie is so excellently done. Um, my wife and I watched it again last night, and I had the the comic open while we were watching the movie, and I'm showing her, I'm like, look, see the scene? See the panels? And she's like, that's that's really She's like, what are you doing?
2: Get away from me. Yeah, it was kind of like, a,
1: that's that's really interesting. Now, just shut up, please.
2: Watching a movie, what the hell? <laughs> You sit there with Lord of the Rings books, too, when you guys watch Lord of the Rings. Look, right no. here, right here, this paragraph. This is where we're at. Well, you got to have the maps. <laughs> That's <is> true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 probably the best movie adaptation of, you know, a a comic or graphic novel, just the way that he he paced it and all of his editing
2: mm-hmm. uh, that he did. Ooh. I don't know. I so this is going to be controversial opinion, but I think Watchmen movie's pretty good.
1: Okay, I was worried
2: that you were going to say the Edward Norton Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> I Okay, another controversial opinion. I really <laughs> like the Edward Norton Hulk, but I wouldn't say it's like a great... Oh, com- I've got a bad connection. I'm dropping off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that brings up two possible... Uh, next episodes because watchmen i'm down um edward norton hulk we have to find the story arc or the you know the trade paperback but i'm pretty sure we could
2: he's not angry brian he's hungry
0: <laughs> he's hangry <laughs> oh man so yeah the edward norton hulk that was ang lee wasn't it no uh that was
2: the previous one with eric bana ah uh, okay also underappreciated hulk not i wouldn't go so far <laughs> to say it's good but um i appreciate what they were trying to do <laughs> mm-hmm. with like comic book panels and everything and oh yeah gaming. okay
1: so it was the eric banna one that i was thinking of which, oh okay yeah the edward norton one is is a little bit better than the the banna one yeah Bana um, one's not
2: good <laughs> yeah yeah i <laughs> I remember seeing the movie theater for the Eric Banner one, and I'm like, man, everyone's so angry in this. Oh, <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> well,
1: I, I was, I approved of Marvel's decision to do origin movies for all of the Avengers except for the Hulk, because they've just shown again and again that the Hulk just doesn't do well in the box office.
2: But, but Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Oh, this yeah, this is how this is gonna go. We're talking oh, about yeah. comic books now. Yep, we're touching this like we're touching that nerd nerve.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, you're uh-huh. tickling
2: something real good right now. You're yeah. on the hot button, buddy. <laughs> but so another controversial opinion. I thought the graphic novels were a little boring. Uh, I f- okay mainly just because like especially the the first volume or two are shot for shot the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, the movie is shot for shot the comic book. So I could just see the scenes in my head. They're much more exciting in the in the cinema style, the style of the cinema, mm-hmm. as as it's called. Mm-hmm. Um so it just You might say it's cinematic. They might again, those big words. I, I so the 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 framing and the um just the comic book panels were just uh they weren't as alive as I was reading it. Uh, there's a lot there was a lot I did appreciate about the comics,
0: but uh, I'd rather watch the movie. That's fair. I think I liked the way the comic was set up. I, I definitely could see where they were going with the uh, the st- given a stats as they introduce every character. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun. It had definitely had a video game vibe in the movie. They take it a step further because they have the Zelda music playing in the background. And yeah. it was, you know, that takes it to another another level for me.
2: Oh, another thought I had early on too in those First few volumes. Um, I'm not a bright man. I don't know if I would have picked up on the jokes if I hadn't seen the movie. Like that—that that dry, sarcastic humor mm. Um, mm. that's very explicit in the movie. I mean, it's explicit in the comic too. But I—I I, I, don't—I don't know if I would have picked up on it. I would have been like, "I don't get
0: it. I don't—I don't understand what's going on here."
2: But That's a failing of mine. I'm not. That is not at all a criticism of the comic. That's a total failing of mine.
0: <laughs> like one example is when. Wallace uh, Scott comes home and set, tells Wallace that he's dating this girl that's in high school. And then, mm-hmm. in his sleep, Wallace is texting his sister. And then, like, yeah,
1: the whole seventeen-year-old thing. Don't tell too many people. Hey, you know me. I mean, don't tell my sister. You know me. Who are you texting?
0: Seventeen years old scandal.
2: That's not true. Who told you? Wallace. Duh.
0: It's much more visual, and the way it was cut together made it a lot more Mm -hmm. fun. In the when
2: when he was telling her telling Wallace about something, and Wallace is like, "I'm going to imagine this is about a boy," Mm -hmm. and he keeps retelling it as a boy. That's a hilarious moment in the
0: movie. I don't know if I would have picked up on the joke if I hadn't seen the movie. So, should we give an overview of the characters, or like, what's the do we have a thirty-second elevator pitch if for people who don't have exposure to either one?
2: I find whenever I try to explain Scott Pilgrim to people, like when I say, "Oh, it's you know about this guy who is going to meets a girl and he has to fight her evil exes." That doesn't. That's what the movie. That's what the story is about. That doesn't capture it at all, and I'm not sure right how to capture
0: what it's about. A twenty-something Canadian guy who's really into video games and kind of a slacker. He's in a band and everything. I mean, you could
1: argue that he's kind of into video games and really a slacker. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: (laughs) He (laughs) redefines being a slacker. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: everything that goes on in his head has a video game vibe to it, like stats, it has sound effects, it has visual cues. So it feels like you're looking at a video game or watching a video game unfold.
2: So I didn't get the impression in the comic uh, the movie definitely feels like it might be going on in his head. In the comic, people would talk about, oh, no, Scott's a really good fighter. He's the best fighter.
1: Yeah, so in the, in the comic, it's it's much more explicit, I think, that Scott is the best fighter in the province. There's a kind of a throwaway line in the movie when Scott gets um, annoyed with Ramona and says, oh, yeah, well, you know, I once fought 56 guys or whatever to rescue a girl and in the comics, you find out like that girl's name was Lisa, and he really did do that. And so that it's it's much more of a a whole world rather than just you know is this whole thing just his him how he's kind interpreting of, the world? Yeah, interpreting the world and piecing it together based on the, his fantasies and interests. And it's in the comics, it it feels much more that this is actually the world that everyone's living in
2: because they really make the. In the movie, he first sees Ramona in a dream, and they don't really ever address that again in the movie, whereas in the comics, they build that up as like an element of the universe. Like it's... They you know, cover that in the movie. Do they? I thought they... Yeah, it's the she, same sort of thing. She, where, she she mentions it as a throwaway line, but then it's not really right. ever addressed again.
1: Yeah, and and they deal with the... In the comics, they deal with the mind control yeah. a lot more heavily, like even in at the very end of this comic... When her head is, is glowing, he's, he's, Scott's looking at her saying, what's going on with your head? Nothing, I'm fine. And she's got that, you know, mind control with Gideon.
2: And then uh, his... Which, her, total spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, her, her evil, another spoiler, her evil ex-girlfriend. I'm not going to remember any of the ex's names. There's no way. Roxy. <laughs> Roxy. She talks about that. She also uses that, I forgot what they got, that mental highway through scott's mind oh right that ramona taught her how to do that mm-hmm. or she taught ramona or
0: something hyperspace freeway something like that yeah
2: yeah <laughs>
1: i guess i guess no one in canada knows about him
0: right <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's actually hilarious fun little thing mm-hmm. at the beginning of the book when they're all playing i <laughs> i couldn't tell whether he was just being funny or if it was a purposeful thing but uh scott's wearing that Open quote close quote shirt, <laughs> but the first time that they show him he doesn't fill in the thing so it's it's six six nine nine stacked on top of each other or if you read it vertically sixty nine sixty nine I did uh... see that <laughs> yeah I was
2: like
0: what the hell is this <laughs> yeah. is,
2: it, is this something that the kids
1: <laughs> were were saying then <laughs> but then yeah you go forward a couple panels and and it's all filled in and it's quotation marks but yeah, it was fun going through and looking at all of the the shirts that he wore mm-hmm. or the um, the posters that they have in the background. So, in the Battle with Matthew Patel, mm-hmm. Scott is wearing a Plum Tree shirt. Do you guys have you listened to any Plum Tree?
0: They were actually on the the song credits, so they're an actual band.
1: Yeah, so they're they're actually Brian Leo O'Malley's favorite band ah. um, when he was in high school and he and his sister Stacy found the band and they were totally obsessed. It was an all-girl band, I think. It, and I think it was just like a a drummer, a bassist, and a guitarist. But they had one. And the shirt that he's wearing is from their album, Mass Teen Fainting, which then is what Crash and the Boys end up doing to the crowd is they cause a mass teen fainting. But they have a different album. Uh, uh, I think their second album, and I am blanking on the name of it right now, but it has a song called Scott Pilgrim, which is where Brian Lee O'Malley got the name for Scott Pilgrim.
0: <laughs> in the comicsology version of Scott Pilgrim, I picked that up, and there's a lot of extra stuff at the end of the end of the volume that's not in the the print volume, mm-hmm. like a lot of backstory and like pictures of his house and early sketches of Scott Pilgrim and characters. I like looking through that kind of stuff; gives some yeah, gives some history. I think on think
1: I think that's where I got that at info actually was from reading through all that stuff
0: oh cool if you want an easy way to read comic books Comicsology with their uh, guided view is like eating potato chips you know it's just like <laughs> tap 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 and it pulls you to the right panels and does all the zoom and everything for you
2: did you guys ever see long while back they were putting comic books onto dvd Yes. And they were and they were doing something like mm. that where they would zoom in panel to panel and then they would voice over everything,
0: full cast. Mm-hmm. I have a Jonah Hex comic like that and it's very very strange. Oh, cool. I'd be interested. I I remember wa- watching a Ultimate
2: X-Men graphic novel that way. Well, that was a fantastic experience. It was like Sega
0: CD feeling yeah. or <laughs> or like Philips <laughs> CDi or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I only do
0: laser disc. Yeah. <laughs> you like to blow the dust off of your laser disc when you pull it out? And how? <laughs> and by the way, I can't believe you asked Ramona after I specifically told you not to do that. How are you doing that with your mouth? Never mind how I'm doing it.
2: One thing I did like about the comic more than the movie is I, I got there is more time to kind of let all of the relationships breathe. Like mm-hmm. they, they would hang out at that restaurant. Knives would hang out with all of them. And it was awkward for Scott, but it felt natural. It felt just like, oh, yeah, that's what she does. She just kind of hangs around and everyone's cool with it, you know, because mm-hmm. just because one guy used to date her doesn't mean that she can't hang around. Yeah. Like every, everyone not getting everyone hating each other felt it felt more natural in the comic, which is funny. Whereas in the movie, it felt very cartoony, which is fine. Maybe because it
1: was based on a cartoon. A little bit, yeah, but
2: <laughs> but the, I'm just saying the cartoon itself felt less cartoony. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with you that the the character development and and I think part of what makes Scott Pilgrim work so well is that it's not actually about the battling and everything. It's all Scott kind of navigating these emotions and relationships. Yeah, and in the comic there is that pacing that just allows that to breathe a lot more. And so you can really get a feel for how these people are interacting. And they had to do a lot of Edgar Wright, you know, did a fantastic job, but he had to rely on a lot of tropes to communicate uh, a lot in very short periods of time. Because even, even as it was the movie, especially on the second half just feels really rushed.
0: Well, as I was watching the movie, I was referencing the, the text, you know, just like Brian and his wife like to do <laughs> uh, the, they blew through the entire content of volume one of the comic in 36 minutes of the movie. Oh, so true. volumes two through six, six. Is it? Yeah. It's That's six. squeezed into the next hour of the movie. So, and it doesn't, it, it's definitely paced quickly. Like in the movie, it's one after the other, after the other, after the other. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it, they did a good job of stringing it all together. Like there's definitely clues as each boyfriend comes in. There's like a little heads up, like an Easter egg kind of thing before you are exposed to the next one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He hides all the numbers too.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't said,
1: that. Oh yeah. So like, uh, Matthew Patel. Oh, I can't remember where they hid the number one for him, but, uh, Todd vegan, Todd is wearing the number two. No, sorry, Todd is is number three. Lucas Lee is number two, and so his car has a big number two on the side. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Vegan Todd is wearing the number three. Then when they go to the after party, and this is just Edgar Wright, you know, the way that he directs his movies, but when they go to the after party, the address for the building, like there's a giant number four. It's like an Apple Store type of display thing where the front of the building is a giant metal number four hmm. um, for Roxy, the fourth X. And then it, it continues on. So he hides the, the number for the X's everywhere. And then there's that great scene where he's just walking down the street and there's all of the street signs that are all X's. And then he, he tears off his Professor Xavier patch and throws it in the snow.
2: I love Brandon Routh as Todd in the movie. Oh, yeah. No, yep. th- that was the that best. That is so fun my wife is a vegetarian and we just find that she doesn't particularly like the movie but she loves that scene and it's just hysterical vegan it's not really that big of a deal no kidding anyone can be vegan ovo lacto vegetarian maybe Ovo what i partake not in the meat nor the breast milk nor the ovum of any creature a face
0: short answer being vegan just makes you better than most people Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> when they busted him for whatever they were reading oh, them his rights, and he's like you had a yeah the, the gelato yeah gelato and he's like oh there's <laughs> eggs and milk in there <laughs> Mi- milk milks in- and <laughs> gelato's not vegan milk and egg bitches <laughs> and then the other one was like a chicken parm or something <laughs> yeah. like, obvious.
2: chicken's not <laughs> yeah. vegan <laughs> Chickens not vegan. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, that I was thought that because I thought Todd's storyline in the comic was a little too convoluted. It was just one too many characters with the with the drummer mm-hmm. and the the weird. You know, him cheating on Envy and it was just too much going on that it took away from. And, and again, I'm just sitting there comparing it to the movie the whole time. That like I felt like the movie just elevated that whole part. Mm-hmm. Although I th- I liked envy better again she had just that more more time to breathe in the in the comics right for for a character that's supposed to be such a big deal in scott's life
1: and that's one of the few things that bugged me about the movie is that in the movie she's clearly such a big part of his life and she gets like 45 seconds of screen time yeah and you you just don't have any time to really see why that was so difficult for him
2: i didn't understand the Lisa character in the comic. I thought that maybe it's like, oh, maybe maybe she's who eventually becomes Envy, that they just be renamed her to Natalie in, in the movie or something.
1: That's actually what I thought the first time I read through it, too.
0: <laughs> which one was Lisa? That was Natalie's?
1: So, so that's in volume two, which um, and that was uh, like Scott's friend um, at the um, the Catholic school that he went to. And then he ended up fighting off all those guys to protect
2: her. So it was part of the story of when he dated Kim in high school. Mm -hmm. And Kim and Lisa and Scott all had a band in high school. And then Scott up and moved away. And like it felt like there was some sort of romantic tension between Lisa and Scott in high school. But he, he got together with Kim. But when he moved away, he didn't tell like one of the plot points when talking to Kim later. Kim says you didn't tell me you were moving away, you told Lisa. It was all very strange. Like I didn't I didn't quite understand where it was going or what it was adding to the character because he was all uncomfortable uncomfortable around Lisa because she says, "Oh, I liked you in high school and I like you now." Um when she shows up again in his life when he's with Ramona.
1: Yeah, I think that that point that you made with him telling Lisa rather than Kim is it's the whole major flaw with Scott is that he he is incapable of dealing with the uncomfortable interpersonal relationship things, the things that you have to deal with if you work with other people at all. If you're around other people at all, you, you'll have to have uncomfortable conversations. And he just completely shuts down or says he has to pee on people and runs <laughs> away. And that's that's what makes it so frustrating is that, and, and it's, you know, in the, the movie, they really... They have the whole thing. They really build up that whole thing where he's cheating on knives with Ramona and cheating on Ramona with knives. And he's not purposely doing that. It's just that he lacks a backbone when it comes to having an uncomfortable conversation with with knives. And he won't do that. And so it puts him in a situation where he's now wronged both of them.
2: I thought the theme of this episode is giving a story room to breathe. Giving Knives a story room to breathe in the comic was super interesting. It made Uh her... In the movie, she doesn't come off as actually having feelings for Scott. She's just obsessive. There's not like a difference between Envy and Scott in the way that she reacts to both of them. It just kind of is intense and kind of comes out of nowhere. Whereas in the comics, it's also intense, but you see her really struggling with her feelings as it goes along. Like she... She definitely feels like she's in love with him, but doesn't want to admit to it. And she's moving on while still kind of having feelings for him without being super weird about it. And her interpersonal relationships with the entire group, I thought, was just so interesting in the comics.
0: Yeah, I think they built it up more in the comic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking back on the movie. I don't remember that she did. She get together with young Neil in the comic.
2: In I the th- comics, she got together with young Neil. And in the in the movie, they got together as well.
0: Okay. That must have been later on in the volumes. I, l- I only reread volume one for this.
2: Yeah, I only reread volume one. They got, they got one. together and then they broke up right away. Where you, don't, I don't
0: think you ever see them break up in the in the movie. So there's a couple, couple things that stick out to me that are kind of odd. Like for one thing, I don't picture Scott Pilgrim in the comic or in the movie being a fighter of any type. So... Sorry, I feel like I'm just like dominating the conversation. I had all kinds of thoughts when I was watching this. Um,
2: my the actor's name is Michael Cena, right? Cena, Michael, Michael, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, um,
1: Cena is is the fighter. John Cena. John yeah. Cena is the fighter.
2: <laughs> in the comic book, I felt like he was not Michael Sarah. Like, like once I could get that in my head, the comic was a lot made a lot more sense. Like he was Mm -hmm. not like Michael Sarah only knows how to play these goofy, not sure of themselves, insecure characters where like Scott Pilgrim in the comic was a confident guy. He was a slacker and he was a terrible person, but he was not a terrible bass player. He was a good fighter. Girls liked him. Like I don't understand why there's girls fighting over Michael Sarah ever. (laughs) <laughs> but it's, that's just not the characters he plays. Um, but in the comics, it's like, oh, yeah, look, there's like the string of girls that that are into him. And I buy that like he's in a band and he's kind of cool and he's a good fighter. And he's the problem is he's just a, a loser at heart. I think part of the casting for Michael Sarah and what made him
1: work really well for Scott Pilgrim for me, because I agree that he he was probably the most different in the way that he was portrayed in the movie to any of the other characters. But I think the reason that they went with Michael Sarah and why it worked so well for me is that Michael Sarah has that ability to be likable even while he's being awful. Yeah. And so he can be, you know, he can not have that backbone and be leading these girls on and you're, you just want to wring his neck. But at the same time, you still
2: like him. You know who's the master at that? What actor is master at that? Eric Bana. Be- Edward, <laughs> Edward Norton. Dane, I lost the name. Uh, uh, Ghostbusters, Peter Venkman, Bill... Bill Murray. Murray, thank you. Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bill Murray just can play oh. a slime ball character, and yet you still like him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill Murray is just one of those people, though. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the casting for... The Scott Pilgrim movie was spot on. Like oh, I bought yeah,
2: everybody else was. Mm-hmm.
0: I even Scott Pilgrim as the like he fit perfectly my vision of him from the oh, comic. Shit. Like I heard it and I was like, oh, that's perfect. You know, mm-hmm. I but guess Bre- I Brandon just,
2: Routh as Todd was perfect, and then the guy that got to play Wallace was yeah. I mean, he one of was the Culkin like, he, kids. Kieran, Kieran. Yeah. is it? Oh, he does look like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's Macaulay's younger brother. He,
2: uh,
0: he just like, it was like the comic book come to life with him. Like he was perfect. Mm -hmm. So if you read the comic and then you look at, you watch the movie, you can pick out exactly like, um, Steven stills. He -hmm. looks exactly like he does in the comic. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Looks (laughs) like they cast that guy specifically because he looks like the guy in the comic,
2: (laughs) which is Anna Kendrick too, is the sister just looks like, yeah. So it's Kim. Uh, I don't even know how they did that. Cause yeah. I don't think she normally looks like
0: that. Alison pill. pill. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like from that perspective, I thought the movie was just like perfectly cast in my opinion, just like looks wise, feel wise, style wise. I think that made a ton of sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was really funny as I was watching the movie, thinking about what I would change in the, the one, one of the things in the movie that was like, Oh, that's, that's different than the, book was when they're on their first date and it starts snowing mm-hmm. because it was a movie they couldn't actually put as much snow in because then you wouldn't be able to see the actors mm-hmm. and so I was watching I'm like oh there's not nearly enough
0: snow <laughs> <Yeah>. it looks <laughs> like, like a well, blizzard in the comic yeah
1: yeah and and
0: then they escape it's through like oh a, like well, a if door that's my something. complaint mm-hmm. yeah
1: which she says you know they, they escaped through the door in the movie too so they even did that right but yeah, it's it's one of those things. Well, if if that's your complaint, then they've done a pretty pretty good job of being true to the story. Yeah, I loved on that date to their conversation when he's talking about his, his last job, and it was a long story filled with size. And maybe we can get more into that in a later volume. <laughs> oh, and yeah, there's then she a. Lot. Says, yeah, there's I don't a- even want to talk about my last job. Oh, maybe volume three for that one. Yeah, and just the. I mean, it's it's a comic, so it's or a graphic novel, so it's not the same as theater. But it was just a delightful fourth wall breaking.
2: Yeah, they refer back to, in like volume five. They refer back to volume two. Yeah, that mm-hmm. happened in volume two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I think overall we agree that this is uh, pretty solid. Like, are there any um, any reservations anybody would have with recommending this?
2: Yeah, I. I don't. I didn't hate the graphic novel. I can't imagine reading it again, and I can't imagine recommending it.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: I mean, yeah, go, like you know, I would recommend it like I would recommend an art book from a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, like if you're a huge fan, you want to see some behind the scenes stuff, whatever, and understand kind of the behind the scenes stuff more. Mm-hmm. Sure, go ahead, but you're not missing anything if you if you don't get the crappy coffee table art book. Yeah. Which I feel bad. I don't. I, I like. It makes it sound like I'm saying this. The comic, I thought the comic was crappy. I didn't. Uh, I just, I love the movie so much.
0: Yeah. When you compare it to the movie, like before the movie came out and I was reading these, I was just plowing through them. But yeah, when you have the movie, which is done so well, I can totally see that. Before the movie came out, I used to use Scott Pilgrim as an entry point. Like here, if you like comics, check this out. It's a little different, but I think you like Oh yeah, I can see that. I can see Uh that being used like
2: that. Going back to my one of my earlier comments too, Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I would recommend the comic over the the movie. Not that I, I thought the movie was great, and I thought it was very very faithful to the comic book, mm-hmm. um, more so than even this. But um, but there's something just about the way that it's presented in the
0: comic is is more important to the it's trying to tell. When you consider that the comic was written in like 1984, yeah, it was. Pretty groundbreaking for the time. There wasn't really any super gritty comics that were mainstream back then. But I think uh, there's enough juice in those grapes to do its own episode, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, I think the consensus is that Scott Pilgrim, the movie, is great. Scott Pilgrim, the comic, is two out of three of us liked it. (laughs) And you be the judge, you know? Uh, Go out there, read it, and then let us know what you think. We'll give you Brian's uh, personal address right after the credits. (laughs) Right Right into our P.O. box.
2: (laughs) All
0: right. Next week, Fahrenheit 451, right? Yes. All right. I'm going to... I'm going to give it a reread. I started it out and I'm like, I don't like this character at all. And then by the end I was like, Oh, this guy,
2: yeah, <laughs> this guy, he is a character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>